the smell of napalm in the morning. Did you first blow? I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Good morning, Vietnam! You let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film. Hey, everybody, sing along. Good morning, campers. Just making dreams. This is the Mike <laughs> Curb Congregation. You're probably familiar with the song from the uh, episode we just watched, episode four of the White House Plumbers. So welcome to Napalm in the Morning, a black op, Napalm Mini, the White House at Plumbers, episode four, recap. Well done. Yeah, it's a mouthful there. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I heard from a few uh, a few fans that they were listening along, watching the- Groupies. That's a, that's a mm-hmm. uh, welcome along, folks. Um yeah, this is this is fun one. We're we're uh, we got we got one hand tied behind our back. We are we are in a windowless van. We're a vanless window. We're we're without Michael Van. Um, he is somewhere in uh, sunny Singapore, um, undoubtedly with a Singapore sling. What's he drinking? Beer um, of I don't the week. Know. Yeah, Negroni, which we don't have because we're recording this in the middle of the day. Yeah, we we have the water of the week. Uh, yeah. Hey Mike, we miss you out um, living at your White Lotus um, in person. Um, and it's fine because he doesn't know anything about this topic anyway. So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So, so if if you've been watching along, this is the this is where the rubber meets the road, as the kids say. Um, we are we are at full rest here. Um, yeah. So a lot going on in this episode. This episode covers a you know. About a six-month period of time, um, the 17 June through yeah. December 8th, 1972. So from just after the break-in, or, well, when they're caught for the break-in, up through the mm, mysterious... Yeah, the uh, disappearance, crash. the death. Yeah. Well, um, the, the, compared to some episodes where it literally takes place within a day or almost, or, you know, it's a pretty focused, like we've got, we've got, and, and not only a lot of things are happening <laughs> in these, in this six month period. So we'll get, we'll get, we'll get to that. We'll recap some of that stuff. But, um, uh, yeah, you know, uh, as you watched along, you might've wondered what we, Matt and I did, like, did that really happen? And it surprised both of us. I think the number of things that did some of them, um, yeah, yeah, some did, some didn't, but, some did. um, uh, let's let's go though. Oh, jump open jump three fifty three a.m. Hunt wakes up his son Saint John. Can I trust you? Can I trust you? He needs his help. He admits to him that he is, in fact, a spy. And the son says, "Sure, Papa. Anything for you." 
Yeah, uh, the, you know, the, um, uh, it's interesting that Hunt, uh, in, in the, I guess they're saying, we do we know whether or not Hunt, his kids knew he was in the CIA, they knew what his mom was, openly. Yeah, I don't think they did, um... Which is, kind of, which is kind of odd, like, why hide it about that he could maybe, you know, I don't know, the shame of the Bay of Pigs or who knows what. Uh, that would They would have been born before that, though. Um, uh, they thought he was kind of just, you know, working in D.C. in government um, and then writing his uh, stupid spy novels. Yeah. Um, as his daughter says. Should we do a little hunt dive? Is this now a good, sp- a good sure. spot for uh, um Yeah. You know, so he... He graduates college, gets some writing jobs, and Joan joins the OSS, which is the precursor to the uh, Central Intelligence Agency, and um, serves in uh, in the sort of civil war in China, um, and uh, helping guerrilla forces fight the Japanese. And so, uh, what's interesting is we'll, we can we'll talk about this later, but China will loom large in in the in the mythos uh, and the ethos of the. Of intelligence in in the United States is it? Uh, um, it's tough to overstate that. I mean, wouldn't you say, Matt? Like the the degree to which that is a cautionary tale for intel U.S. foreign policy. Yeah, the loss of China. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah. Um, the uh, but right so he, right at the birth of the CIA, Hunt is there, and is is a sta- station chief in in Mexico, um, where several folks. Um, William F. Buckley uh, serves under him as an example. Um, he he's engaged in a lot in the in the, um, in the episode. Uh, do they br- they bring up Guatemala or do they bring up? Um, um, it was uh, Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Yeah, he but <laughs> which shows he's involved in a lot of uh, in a lot of Latin American um, uh, coup attempts and successful ones. Um, He's a leader in the conspiracy to overthrow um, uh, Jacobo Arbenz, the leftist president of, of Guatemala, um, the democratically elected. Uh, that was a, you know, again, that that along with uh, the overthrow of the um, Mossadegh in Iran was a was an early success for the CIA that emboldened them. Right. Right. With a small with a small push one way or the other, they could. Um, you know, they could uh, manipulate um, world events in, in favor of the United States, all uh, for the menace of communism. And uh, propaganda subversion, um, you know, communist obsessions. Uh, and he goes, he goes on to, um, again, uh, um, he wrenches Nicaragua. He works with uh, Somoza, who is a, who is a, a right-wing militator, military dictator. Um, a militator. A militator. <laughs> That's a good word. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, Matt, this may surprise you, but the U.S. was fans in the Cold War of cozying up to uh, right-wing military leaders. and um, Yeah, and they'd be in Nicaragua. Boy, that's going to be for several more decades. Um yeah, and, and, and part of Reagan's n- nothing near else, downfall. Nothing else happens in Nicaragua <laughs> of, of the, that's suspicious. Or, or uh, speaking of Iran, um, yeah, do you, do you do some googling, folks? Uh, Iran, Nicaragua, um, and the, his his buddies assassinated in '56. Uh, hunts the uh, um, supposed Nicaragua. Supposed his son would go on to be a, also a dictator in in Nicaragua, but uh, he's you know. 
there, there's one point, um, maybe jumping ahead, where he, but he's like, you know, I don't know how to do things here. When shit goes sideways, you know, when I'm, you know, doing things in Latin America, they just, uh, they just exfiltrate me. They just get me out of the country. And then. <laughs> right. He doesn't, he doesn't quite know how it happens in a place that has to like ostensibly pretend the, the laws are in place. Um, yeah. Right. So he, he gets his kid. Um, yeah. So it, this is, yeah, just the aftermath. We've got to cover our tracks quick, quick. So the, they've, they've got that coming. Um, Liddy comes home. His wife, Fran, is asleep. Uh, she asks, uh, so how was work? Oh, come see, come saw. Oh, and He's very uh, calm. there's a chance I will be going to prison. <laughs> She's like, what, what? He's like, oh, no, the children will be up soon. You better get back to sleep. You know, it's no big deal. It's fine. Oh, by the way, where are those soaps from the Watergate? They might be used as evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thoreau's, Thoreau's Liddy is great. <laughs> it plays it like uh, no big deal. <laughs> so we cut back to uh, Howard Hunt and his son St. John on a bridge. Uh, this is actually over the Potomac in real life, where they are wiping things down manically. You and think then drive a little further away, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Um, Eric, you seem to know a lot about this. Um, that is true. He does have his son. I was sure that was not true. Helping to destroy evidence. Wipe that down. Yeah. yeah. Wipe your fingerprints off where they throw it in the river. Yeah. And, uh, um, uh, we are just a quick sh- sort of montage of the burglars being uh, photographed, some <laughs> shots of evidence, etc. And then we cut to the golf course. Then pre- pretending not to speak English. <laughs> yeah. Right. With uh, Kleindienst, um, he is, it says acting attorney general, um, you know, on the screen. But he had been confirmed, I but not long in office. Five days yeah. prior, so yeah, just real quick on him. Background on Kleindienst. Five days. <laughs> yeah, originally from uh, Arizona, gra- uh, graduated from Harvard Law, served in the House, um, in so in Congress, ran for governor, lost, headed up Goldwater '64 campaign, so big time loser <laughs> with that one. Deputy Attorney General under John Mitchell. Mitchell uh, requested him, actually. Um, And then Watergate was... Okay, so Watergate was five days after he was sworn in. So, yeah, this is five five days later. Um, Yeah, so if you've started on the job and and something happened, like, uh, I think Kleindienst has to be up there for uh, walking into (laughs) an incredible shitstorm on your first week. Yes, and his response is very much... No, knowing that it is a shitstorm. To jump ahead briefly, he's not in office super long. He does uh, resign April 30th, 1973, which is the same day that John Ehrlichman and H.R. Uh, Haldeman uh, resign, and also the same day that John Dean is fired. Uh, he does eventually get nabbed for contempt of Congress related to the lying about the ITT stuff, which we covered in the episode two. Does he serve time for that? Um, I don't, I don't so. remember. I don't think he did. Yeah. Um. So, does Liddy show up at his golf course in real life? Yes, he does. But he meets him, catches him in dining, not I, I actually like, out on the course. I liked how they did this in the HBO series. Like He's like, psh, he's like whispering from the woods as uh, Klein Dietz yeah. is. A, as a, he uh, would never miss a drive that badly. <laughs> um, so, Liddy says, hey, uh, Mitchell wants McCord released, or it's going to basically trace back to the committee. Um, <laughs> one good line at Klein Dietz says, what the fuck did you people think you were doing in there? And 
lady <laughs> says, saving the country from communism, sir. <laughs> Yeah. So it's a good little quick uh, scene, and it does not doesn't happen as depicted, but it does happen. Yeah. He he does not agree, by the way, in real life. To I don't even think they say that in the show, but in real life, he does not agree to intervene to get that right. Yeah. Right. I think that it's pretty it's pretty quickly seen as radioactive, uh, rightly so, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, people start fleeing quickly. It. Uh, uh, rewatching Breaking Bad it really reminds me of uh, um, Mike's crew, um, you know, uh, getting abandoned in jail, and um, what happens to them sort of happens to these guys. Yeah. Uh, um, McCord is ID'd by a cop who knows him. Yeah. I I spilled that in beans in episode three. Sorry, folks, that That's was a right. spoiler. I apologize. Um, he was pretending to be a Spanish speaker. Do we know if he'd, if he'd kept that up? In- <laughs> <laughs> he has a fake ID with him, so uh, they're calling him some other name, which I'm forgetting what it is. Uh, but that is true. That does happen. Um, yeah, and a cop recognizes him. Hey, I know who that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he works for Mitchell's, John Mitchell's security. And he's like, uh, not, no, not no. anymore. Uh, I work for the committee to reelect the president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cut back to Hunt's house. Uh, St. John asks sort of quizzically, um, hey, remember that old teacher I had? Uh, why did they disappear? Was that you? Um, <laughs> that starts to think about everything that is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now that he knows he's in the CIA. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a call from Bob Woodward. Um, this does happen. Uh, and it happens pretty close to... Um, how it happens in real life. I also told you last time that the envelope with Howard Hunt's name was not true. Uh, I'm going to continue to tell you that that's not true because in reality, two of the burglars had in their address books, one said HH at WH and the other said Howard Hunt comma W house. So kids before cell phones, you had an address book with uh, numbers and important numbers and info in there. And Woodward had a, got a tip from from the police uh and so he followed yeah, up gonna, on that I was tip and ask about that was just someone in the police department yeah and so that. he got a tip he followed up on that tip called Howard Hunt uh and that pretty much how what Howard Hunt says in the show is what he says good god uh in view of the matter is uh in education I have no comment uh Woodward actually calls a second time and asks um basically like uh, do you know Mr. Barker? Is Mr. Barker friends with you? Which is one of the ones who's, um, who had the address book, and he says no comment to that. Yeah. So, you know, pretty pretty close to reality, so good. And then uh, cut to uh, one of my favorite scenes in the in, <laughs> in the series. You have a, we're in the, in the, you know, corner office of the committee to reelect the president, and uh, G. Gordon Liddy is uh, standing there at a at a comically big yeah. shredder, like one of those things you see in videos where they'll drop like a bicycle in and it'll like, you know like it'll tear the metal up and you know like this yeah. huge, huge shredder. Uh, and he's just sending things whisking down this uh, um, conveyor belt. Yeah, bunch of cash. Yeah, the soap, a uh, whole bunch of other stuff. In reality. He does begin shredding stuff the next morning. Uh, he does go into creep. He is there. When he arrives, there's no one else in the office. So he is just going at it, shredding things. 
He does not shred cash, though. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the logic of the show, it says, oh, they're sequential bills, so we can't, we have to shred these because we don't Right, know. which they are. They are sequential bills that were found on the burglars, but um, in reality, he does not shred the cash. Uh, also, another issue with this scene is that Magruder comes in. He's totally freaking out. And Liddy basically says, you know, this is all your fault. Don't forget that or something to that effect. In reality, Magruder is not there. He's in California with John Mitchell. So Liddy calls him on the phone and talks to him. Mitchell has like a scheduled press conference for that afternoon. And so he's like, hey, make sure that that Mitchell knows what the hell's going on before he gets out there in, in case he gets, you know, ambushed by the press or whatever. Um, yeah. So, so a little bit, you know, playing with, playing with the reality there in that scene. But, uh, then we go to FBI. They've, they've come to Howard Hunt's house. He's kind of hiding, looking through the shades at the FBI's there. There's not answering the door. In reality, he does actually talk to the FBI, but he just says, I would like a lawyer present and doesn't, go any any farther than that um yeah the, then then uh, it sort of you know it sort of flashes back between uh, sort of Liddy and hunt and their various right what are um, they doing responses kind of. to yeah the the um the the unfolding crisis and shitstorm and uh we hear ziegler uh ron ziegler press secretary for for nixon announcing which is a real real announcement over the radio he's he's saying um you know, the White House will not have any comment on any third-rate burglary. And, like, what, the White House has to comment on every burglary that takes place in D.C. and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And that would be, for a while, the go-to line yeah, until yeah. it became untenable right. to use that line. To, and then they would come minimize, up with some yeah. other bullshit and then say that for a while. Like, witch hunt, witch hunt. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Salem? Yeah, witch yeah. hunt, yeah. yeah. Um, they were saying it. And uh, I, I guess in the other, in the previous episode, um, uh, Dorothy is, Howard Hunt's wife, is in Paris with the family. And so she's there. And so she's not, um, she sees she sees it on in a yeah, newspaper a, now. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that, we, I guess we don't, it's tough to know. I don't know if that's case. true. Um, she calls Hunt, but Hunt has put a don't answer the telephone policy instituted in the house. So he does not answer it. And Liddy shows up. It's nighttime now, and he's got the bomb shelter. <laughs> yeah, it's very the, it's very the scene in Red Dawn where they're like there's a flip open like a spider yeah. trap, uh, uh, and then they, yeah, the, the bomb shelter. Yeah. Oh, it came with the house. Um. <laughs> and it opens into the son's bedroom by a secret like passageway. Yeah. Um, so Liddy tells Hunt that he's shredded the money, and Hunt freaks out because he says they need the money to keep the Cubans silent. Liddy says, "Hey, just keep cool." After the election, Nixon's going to pardon us. Everything will be fine. And they both kind of exhale a little bit there. Doesn't he call him Dr. No or Goldfingers? It makes it yeah, which, which, way should I, which way should I exit? <laughs> Through the bookcase, Dr. No? Or, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, so uh, by this time, the press is on to um, the, the, the HH is, is Howard Hunt and Liddy. And it's being reported, and that they're involved, yeah, yeah, and they're involved, and uh, the rest of the family, they all, they all are informed he's a spy. Yes, yes, Mrs. Hunt is back um, with the two children from Paris, 
and uh, he tells he tells his wife, um, you know, she's not happy with how things have gone. He says, "Yo, it's totally cool. I have a great great plan." Okay, we we just we tell the kids we're going to Disney World. All right, and then <laughs> we don't. Instead, we go to Miami, and then we get. I talk to Samosa in Nicaragua. And then we get like ushered in there and then I can like start working like Intel down there and stuff. And he thinks this, this is brilliant. Right, so this is the, this is the son of the Samoas that he worked with those assassinated in the yeah. 50s. And so this is, yeah, take them to, so like he's, you know, obviously he's thinking in total, uh, his sort of, you know, sort of third world subversion as foreign policy kind of manual. Like this is what we do. Yeah. She, she has a great response to that. Um, Quote, if our salvation hinges on a tin pot dictator's sense of rectitude, we are well and truly fucked, Howard. And then Liddy and Dean um, on the street, uh, and, and I guess in, you've got in our notes here that in reality... Um, this takes place at the executive office building. But, uh, Initially. Dean, had, yeah. Dean actually calls Liddy to come in for a meeting at the EOB and then they move the meeting outside and kind of do a walk and talk. So, you know, basically happens in the show. It's depicted as Liddy's kind of ambushes Dean on the street. Um, Dean says that he and uh, FBI director gray are on top of things. And Liddy says, Hey, you know, Mark felt number two at the FBI. He's like actually heading up this investigation. He kind of knows all about this, like, plumber stuff because we had a meeting earlier gemstone yeah we had a meeting with him and told him about all what we were gonna do um liddy says uh he and cunt will take the fall if they're uh, taken care of company style and i'm gonna make i'm gonna look into my crystal ball here and say that uh felt uh aka deep throw is being um (laughs) reminded as a character um in this in this episode uh I'm going to guess that next episode we're going to have some. He'll be back. All the he president's was, I forget that actor's name, but yeah, who we saw briefly in episode one, but he's, you know, a well-known actor. Um, so he'll have to come back. He has to be in for more than just those 30 seconds. He was yeah. on screen. Um, and he also says, Liddy also says, if it will help in any way, he will uh, take a bullet for the president. He'll just stand on a street corner and a sniper can shoot him in the head. <laughs> Make sure it's a headshot. And this is <laughs> so this is in Liddy's memoir. So, I mean, it's Liddy, so we got to take it with a grain of salt. It's also not clear how that would actually... Just make sure we're taking care of company style. Um, so they want to be, you know... <laughs> well, company style is you stay silent and you get taken care of financially. Right. Paid right. for your silence. I'm not sure how... Um, a sniper blowing his head off on the street corner in D.C. Maybe his family would make things like go away for the White House. I think that would just open up a whole new <laughs> box of problems. Like, hey, this guy that was under investigation <laughs> is now dead. Fair, yeah, hmm. not suspicious at all. But uh, yeah, so uh, so then he, uh, Hunt is with um, his attorney Bittman. Um, and, uh, prosecuted Jimmy Hoffa in real life. Okay. Um, so well well known um prosecutor, lawyer. High profile, yeah. yeah. Um and he's, you know, tells you know, look, you're not gonna get pardoned. That's out of the that's out of the question. Um he's not just gonna hand out pardons for cash. Um who do you think you are? Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. Um 
Hunt. Uh, hey, Trump was going to get half that money. So okay, true. So allegedly, um, mm-hmm. Hunt. Sure. Uh, uh, Hunt. You know, he's not going to name names, and um, and then Dorothy brings a bit of realism to it. And we're not taking the fall alone on this. Like, um, yeah. Um, yeah, we've got Liddy and Fran driving. This is a f- funny scene too. Um, Fran is driving the car, <laughs> yeah. and Liddy they're Drive going. The Watergate. They're going to go meet with the president's lawyer at the Watergate. Um, and w- once he's like, "Oh, the forgot his uh, office is at the actual Watergate," he like dives behind the back seat or something. Right, wait, we um, shouldn't do it there. <laughs> um, he actually spells out what actually does happen in real life. He kind of says this to his wife as they're in the car that uh, CIA will get blamed uh, for the break-in, that Nixon will basically go to the FBI, tell them to stop the investigation due to national security. That's obstruction of justice. That's in the smoking gun tape is when Nixon tells Haldeman to get the FBI to do just that. So, Yeah. It's a reference to something real. Yeah, there you go. Again, the series gets some points for for uh, mirroring real events. Um, so again, the back to the lawyers and the hunts. They're still not naming names. And um, yeah, we have this figure that we don't really know anything about, a Mister Rivers. Yeah, um, and. Uh, but then we find is at this point we find out with the the is it the casserole money in the casserole pan scene? Oh, uh, later uh, yeah, not yet. Yeah, this is yeah. almost there. But this is Mister Rivers saying he wants to deal with Mrs. Hunt and not Howard, and so she's basically taking stuff over now. Then this brings up a this is an interesting reference. This the rest of the episode sort of plays out with Dorothy is kind of in charge of stuff. And that sort of sentiment is referenced in one of the good old Nixon tapes. So this is actually March 21st, 1973. Uh, This is John Dean and Richard Nixon discussing a few things. uh, And then you'll hear John Dean comment specifically about Mrs. Hunt. Now, this is after she's already passed away in the plane crash, but they're kind of talking about her and her role a little bit. So that's John Dean, in case you didn't catch it, talking about Hunt's wife. Um, Mrs. Hunt was the savviest woman in the world. She had the whole picture together. She was the pillar of strength in that family. Yeah. Yeah, she was the pillar of strength in that family for her death. Um, so that reputation, evidently, is is pretty, you know, sounds like it's fairly uh, realistic. And, and look, I mean, even if she weren't in the CIA, which she was— um, the you know spouses 
spouses do extraordinary things for their partners under in these types. So it's not at all hard to imagine that her role was, was pretty significant. And the, some of the mysterious um, circumstances of the, especially the cash she's found carrying the plane crash, maybe point to that. Yeah. And so this Mr. Rivers figure is, uh, tells Mrs. Hunt over the phone that uh, they'll, their family will be taken care of. The Cubans will be taken care of financially, but not the Liddies. It's not explained why. Um, so the Hunts are going to secretly give Gordon money out of their share or whatever because Hunt says, "Hey, we're partners." Blah blah blah. Um, yeah. Then we get the then we get the Nixon song, Nixon Now. Uh yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's just a timeless classic, and. Straight to number one in the charts with a bullet. It sounds very Carpenter's top of the world looking down on Oh, the video, the music video, I should post this up, uh, is just so freaking dumb. Um, okay, that's good. And <laughs> now we got a montage of a... Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Dorothy getting money from drops. Um, she's flying around. She's giving it to Liddy's. This is the, your, in your yeah, casserole, I, and they like, stuff it, pretty, it in the freezer. It's pretty great. She gets the casserole dish, and they're like confused, like what's this? And then looking, of course, it's the money lining that pan, that casserole pan with tin foil on it. And yeah, freezer full of them. Right, right. Um, and uh, the but the again the the money the money dries up um, over the over that period. And to the point there where the hunts are getting booted from the country club. So let me just talk real quick on the money. Um, after the burglary, Herbert Kalmbach, who's Nixon's lawyer, personal lawyer, becomes basically the chief fundraiser for the burglars. And he later testifies that he acted under instructions from Ehrlichman, okay, who is um, he's in charge of like public, like domestic policy. He's like Nixon's third hand man, you know, Haldeman chief of staff is, is number one. He's, he's right there. Um, and Kalmbach is told that, uh, throughout he's collecting money for legitimate defense expenses is the, is the claim. Uh, he raised over $220,000 over the summer, 75 grand. Um, Nixon's personal lawyer. Yeah. Comes from corporate, uh, corporate executive, 75 grand from, uh, Morty Stance, who is the finance chairman for the uh, committee, seventy grand from H.R. Uh, Haldeman's safe in the White House, um, and I think that was money that was supposed to be for polling, I believe, something like that. Um, in September, he refuses to continue collecting the money, and so the task kind of shifted over to uh, Fred Larue, uh, a ranking campaign official. Uh, who's operating under uh, John Mitchell, who's the former campaign director. But that's so that's kind of where this money that the Hunts and then the Cubans and Liddy, that's where this money is coming from. Do we know from. if it's true if the Hunts are redistributing it to the Liddies? Or we do know that that's yeah. that is the, the claim in yeah. uh, a couple of the memoirs, yes. So, right. So the. Um, but again, these things, it's not only is, you know, money 
can be can be traced, can be connected, and it will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets hard. It gets uh, it gets more scarce and, and harder to come by. Yeah, the payments are getting smaller and smaller. You actually see like the packets of cash that she's picking up at first are quite large, and then over time they're getting smaller and smaller. So you're oh, hey, in case it's like flashing lights. Their hunts are having money issues. They get kicked out of the country club that they haven't been paying their bills for. Um, Dorothy tells McCord, who's also been getting money uh, from from her, the payments have stopped, and he basically is like, yeah, you know, that pretty much makes sense. These are soulless assholes we're dealing with. You know, there's no loyalty there. They're only interested in power. Um, so that's an interesting take uh, from McCord there on that in that scene at the uh coffee shop yeah that's i mean that's tough to um i mean i uh, you know you wonder where the authors are drawing this sentiment from but you know i think there's a there's a range of 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 the most basis impulses to the to the you know people who thought they were really saving the country to like you know to financial the 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 motivations run the gamut so this is it's plausible for sure um yeah and uh, Ooh, another uh, fun dinner <laughs> between the hunts and the Liddies. The dinners are always bad. Um, at the dinner, uh, Hunt tells Liddy that he was been fired by Mullen because I guess the son of the head of Mullen worked at the DNC and McCord tapped his phone. <laughs> is 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 what said in the show? Um, so. In the show, this is happening in September, this dinner. In real life, it happened in November after the arraignment, which is going to happen in a moment in the show, uh, not before the arraignment. That's uh, according to Liddy's Liddy's memoirs. Um, Dorothy says, hey, you know, you keep thinking all you need is Nixon to win and uh, you're going to get a pardon. That's maybe not, not something you should be counting on. And Hunt says, uh, "Right, because hey, the plan is write it out till the election, get Nixon reelected, then get pardons." Right, that's the Liddy's. Liddy's think that that's like just solid gold. They take care of you. You know, they're loyal. Blah blah blah. Um, Hunt says, "Well, what about this idea? What if we write a tell-all book um, to get five hundred grand? I think they said they would get uh, upfront from the publisher." Liddy says, "says no." Um, Hunt says, hey, you know, this is our way to restore our honor. We're not going to just be referred to as these third-rate burglars anymore. Um, and Liddy breaks out the, you know, the old trusty, you know, his old <laughs> dinner trick. This thing never fails, folks. The old burn-your-hand-on-the-candle trick. To show how crazy and intense <laughs> you are. Um. I think they've been milking it a little much in the show, maybe, but uh, Hunt blows the candle out. Actually, now astute listeners will will you know said Matt, you said that um, Liddy doesn't want to you know go public and and wants to keep all this, and you said like, but you've already also played his clips of Lee on like David Letterman, <laughs> right? On, and he writes some memoirs, and he yeah. yeah. So I mean, after events, I mean, he does spoiler alert, go to jail. Um, he certainly has no problem cashing in on this stuff and kind of milking his fame. Uh, for the rest of his life, I mean, he'll he, have a Fox News show. He'll um, has yeah, a radio, radio show, huge radio show, um, and he is like kind of one of the pioneers of like right wing 
cuckoo talk radio. Yeah, like an Alex um, Jones kind yeah. of. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Lydia, Lydia's much smarter than that, but like, um, mm. Mm. <laughs> just disturbing to say, <laughs> but uh, he was, but um, yeah, no, the, in, in a, in a counterfactual world, um, Liddy is, is probably financially and sort of fame wise better off for having done this and got, getting caught yeah. than if he did, did, never did it at all. Or if he, um, if it went undetected. Right. Well, he had to save the country from the communists. So <laughs> we all understand why he did what he did. Uh, Dorothy breaks it to them and tells them, hey, we've been paying for everything for you. So you might think financially you're all cool, um, but in reality you're not. Uh, Liddy claims they received 17 grand total from the hunts. Uh, in reality, his wife is teaching at the time, which is a claim made in the show. Huh, um not Hunt. Liddy, Liddy has gone back to private practice of law also. So, you know, I'm not able to comment exactly what the Liddy's financial situation is. Um, and and uh, But, yeah, on the show they make it seem like you probably yeah. should take the 500 grand. And, uh, again, it's hard to know. I mean, even though they, Liddy came from money, it's hard to know what, you know, what was passed down in, in, to them from the family. Um uh, then we're in. We have a hearing, nineteenth September seventy two. Yeah, brief scene, but the uh, judge is uh, John Sirica, which, if you are a Watergate buff, you will know that name for sure. Um, he's a district judge for the U.S. District Court of the District of Columbia. I just said district many times. Um, he's the judge that later orders Nixon to turn over the tapes. Yeah. So, very famous name from this. Uh, the counts are, the charges are two counts of burglary, two counts of intercepting wire communications, one count of intercepting oral communications, one count of conspiracy. Those are the counts against Liddy. And he's got his mommy there to pay his bail <laughs> for him. I love this. This is a great scene. <laughs> and that's true. Yeah, his mom like has like a, like a lunch, a brown lunch set bag with a, an envelope in it. <laughs> yeah, it's got his name on it. <laughs> Gordon, <laughs> you th- do you think that it's calculated? Like, oh, maybe a sympathy. Like, my mom is here bailing me out. Like, yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe he just didn't. Maybe he didn't have the money. I don't know. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm not clear exactly what the Liddy financial scene was, but yeah. And then the uh, the mysterious um, bum number two seen at the at Dallas um, tells his lawyer, oh, God. <laughs> Uh, it's Howard Hunt alleged uh, one of the one of the allegations. Tramp. The tramps, yes. right, right. Hobo? Did I say hobo? Yeah. You said bum. Bum. Okay, sorry. Sorry to disparage the tramp, the commu- the, the the hobo community, the uh, the bindle <laughs> the bindle carrying bunch. Um, yeah, that uh, uh, he's gonna blow up the White House if they don't get more money. And um, it, yeah, it's you know I, I he's I, hinting at Kennedy stuff again. Um, and yeah. this is this is kind of the Kennedy specific stuff. I I don't know about. I don't think that that is true. But the basically saying like I will torch the White House and talk if I don't get more money. He does blackmail the White House. And yeah, part right. of that tape I played earlier, the March twenty third, nineteen seventy three tape, is Nixon evidence. and Dean discussing paying Hunt. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, this this is basically true. He does pretty much blackmail the White House. Right. And of course, the theme that uh, Liddy will point to several times that, you know, not without irony, that uh, the attempt to save the president is the very thing that brings down said president. And so. Womp womp. Yeah, as as is the uh, um, the the blackmail. Um, then uh, um, more rich people stuff, riding on horses. It's the uh, last ride. <laughs> <laughs> And, Don't uh, forget Twinkle Toes likes fresh carrots. <laughs> Keeping horses is really expensive. Basically. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, if you are having financial trouble getting rid of the horses, what is happening in this scene makes some sense. Uh, St. John also tells Mom, uh, Dad also had me to like destroy evidence uh, with him, and she's not happy. Yeah. I, I as a mom or a dad, I would not be <laughs> either to involve your kids in a federal crime. Um, and then, uh, uh, and then we're to, we're to, um, election night. Election night, 72. Yeah. Ooh, it's um, a barn burner. It's a close one. Who's going to win? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Biden. Nixon, uh, Nixon wins. <laughs> 61% of the vote he gets. Uh, McGovern only wins Massachusetts and DC. It's a landslide. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he gets 15 electoral votes. I think. And Nixon gets all the rest. So, yeah, very much one of the largest landslides in history. Um, in terms of the Electoral College, I think it's the sixth largest. Um, I mean, just in, think, in thinking of, you know, that, you know, it's, it's easier counterfactually to say, like, what are people voting for and why did, you know, um, the, the, the strategic arms limitations talks, some of his... Uh, you know, winding down the war, even though, of course, as we know, he's one of the ones who sabotaged its end, to, uh, the the peace treaty to, um, yeah, I mean, this that's relevant to this election. Do you want to say a little bit about that? Like, yeah, and domestic stuff. I mean, yeah. you know, law and order. Um, yeah. We're going to stop with the protests. Uh, I know you don't like to see all these uh, black people asking for equality on TV, so we're going to put a stop to that. Um <laughs> Yeah, this is the Republicans have won the Deep South. This has not happened ever. Yes, yeah, this right. is the first time that happens. This flips. So, so those those old Southern Democrats. Yeah, it would have happened in '68, yeah. but George Wallace got all those states yeah. in '68. But in '72, the the flip is is true. I just saw Ted Cruz really asking for help from historians today because he was himself still confused. What? as to how the parties are not just on a straight line through history and they are the exact same entity as they were today <laughs> that they were 70 years ago. That the um, Republican Party in, in the Civil War would be the one that <laughs> fights for civil rights? <laughs> he was unfortunately not asking for help from historians. He was uh, just flat out claiming that uh, the Republican Party is the party that fought for and got civil rights for African Americans, even though... It was proposed by uh, the Democrats in the House, pushed through in the Senate and the House by Democrats, Johnson. signed yes. by a Democratic president. The 1964 Republican candidate for president, Barry Goldwater, campaigned against the Civil Rights On Act. On that as a major platform. Yeah. Yeah. And the squishy, moderate, liberal Republicans that did support civil rights in the 60s, guess what? They all got purged from that party, and they are now Democrats today. So, yeah. I, you know, I don't know what to tell you, Ted. 
Yeah, just a, a quick Google search. We'll get you there. Too. Well, yeah. man, maybe. I don't know. Depends Depends what websites are popping up on Google. Hopefully good ones. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> Liddy's house gets egged. <laughs> Liddy's house gets egged again. Uh, and then Hunt and his wife fight I like fight to imagine about- <laughs> that happening a lot. <laughs> I if Man, if he's pulling guns on uh, egg throwers, I would think that, that yeah. I would not go back to that house a second time. Um. Hey, I, I mean, I, I wonder if that's where the scene in the beginning of it, where they, you know, his house getting that the little rapscallions like, um, you know, messing with his house or that, that I wonder if they threw that in, in the earlier of the episode because Liddy's now famous. He was not then. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have a fight between Hunt and Dorothy. Uh, it was all for nothing. I.e., hey, you won this landslide and you still had this, you know, cock job at Watergate that failed and didn't work. And you still won in a landslide. And she drops an F-bomb while referencing um, our Lord and Savior Richard Nixon as well. <laughs> it was all for nothing. Yeah. Um, and then there's trouble in paradise. Um, husband and wife. um yeah, at the at the at the drop off lane at the airport, um, d- December seventy two, um, and uh, she informs him that she is leaving uh, him, and they we see the sort of the the end of that relationship, um, at least according to the series. Uh, do we know if they were? I mean, obviously there was tension. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I I, yeah. I can't comment on that. I don't know. Um. She has ten grand with her that will later be claimed to have been an investment in Howard Johnson Hotels. Yeah, in cash. Um, There's a lot of uh, for the conspiracy theorists. We'll get to this in a second. Bunch to chew on here. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot there. Let's check in with once again our friends John Dean. I almost I keep almost saying Howard, and I stop myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah! <laughs> um, and say I. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's check you in. Like that could get you disqualified for the presidency. <laughs> oh, Tim Scott had a good one yesterday. Um, let's take once again. This is John Dean and Richard Nixon. This is the same date, March twenty first, nineteen seventy three, talking about that money and that flight. Drew Mitchell uh, initiating it in discussions, but I was present. But these guys had to be taken care of. Their attorney fees had to be done. Combat was brought in. I told you that already. He's taping himself. Okay, so there's Dean saying that uh, she was going to pass that 10000 to a Cuban contact in Chicago. Uh, I believe she was actually flying to Tulsa, maybe. Um, yeah, but know. it was the it was a stopover in, in Chicago. Um, so yeah, there there's a lot there. Uh, I don't know how deep we want to get into the conspiracy theories of... Maybe talk about Flights. Michelle Clark, and then we can. Uh, um, okay, to so add to the- yeah, I guess this adds to the conspiracy on the flight. Okay, in the show on the flight, 
she talks with Michelle Clark, who's a reporter for CBS, and she basically tells her everything about Howard Hunt, the break-ins at the Watergate, the connections with the White House. This is it. She's just going to lay it all out there. And, and hey, you want to know about uh, Kennedy, too? I'll tell you all about the Kennedy conspiracy theory stuff. Oh, but then we have to do a jump scare plane crash, uh, and she is killed. Yeah. So that happens in real life. On December 8th, 1972, the plane crashes. Uh, I think they're headed to Midway, and it hits a well, there's your problem. house a or two on uh, the ground, and a couple people on the ground are killed. Not everybody on the flight is killed, but uh, most of them it, it is chalked up to pilot error or 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 something like that is the uh, quote-unquote official um, explanation so she, she is killed right the 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 wife of the central intelligence agent former cia officer who is carrying ten thousand dollars who is the wife of the um now under 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 indictment uh howard hunt um watergate mastermind yeah. um so there's a who's also implicated in a jfk assassination do we have a lot going on there's a lot going on here uh as far as i know that reporter was on the plane uh michelle clark from cbs uh the founder of the congressional black caucus was also on that flight really killed um i guess the conspiracy theory is that the fbi or the cia or somebody put a bomb on the plane and it's going to kill Mrs. Hunt because she's going to talk Why or something. Um, you know, supposedly there were a bunch of FBI agents on the scene uh, right after the crash. I don't know. You know, this is for conspiracy theorists to dive into deeper than I really care to but um yeah the truth is we we just we can't we won't know um and uh so it 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 begs the question like if they were really trying to cover it up would they have would they have done the explosion in a manner that didn't leave evidence like they didn't leave the ten thousand dollars you know that would have had us more smoking gun like it doesn't well and everything came out anyway so like, yes, nothing. History has not changed except for zero. well, unless she was going to talk about the Kennedy thing. Uh, well, yeah. Um, so uh, Saint John Hunt himself is a rabid conspiracy theorist in real life and has written a book. I'm blanking on the title of it, but it basically is. Let's just say the name of the book is "My Mom Was Murdered by the CIA," something like that, right? And so he goes way in depth on that. Um, he wrote a whole book about it. Dorothy, the murder of uh, Howard Hunt's wife, Watergate's darkest secret by St. John Hunt. There you go. And Bond of Secrecy. And Yeah, he's got a few. The Bush Crime Family. And, yeah, you're starting to get the picture. <laughs> he wrote The Bush Crime Family? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> with Roger Stone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so this is who he's hanging out with, that Roger be, Stone? That would be quite a read. Um, oh, my gosh. That must have been published. When was that published, the Bush Crime Family one? 
that's 2016. I was thinking, like, I wonder if that has to do with the primary against good old Jeb, um, because they thought that was the biggest uh, Trump opponent. He looks like a balding fat Brad Pitt, like, uh, like if, um, if uh, he is and and often wearing often shirtless in his <laughs> in his pictures. Uh, That's the picture on his book jacket, shirtless. <laughs> Picture on the back. Oh man, it's not a good picture, dude. Um, oh man. So the, the episode ends. The hunt is at home. He's making pancakes, which he does multiple times in this episode. And the phone rings, and I, I guess we're to presume that it is uh, a call telling Howard about the plane crash. But he does not answer because once again we have the don't answer ringing phone policy in the house. Oh wait, there's a there's a subtitle to the book, Matt. Dorothy, quote, an immoral and dan- an amoral and dangerous woman, quote. Um, yeah, dangerous because she's going to hit you with a truth bomb, folks. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I'm going to stay the hell away from that guy's books, I, I think. Yeah, I don't want that algorithm on me. No. Um, well, too late. The Rogers, you should, yeah. If you want to search for a book, uh, how about Khmer Nationalist, Sun Yuk Tan, the CIA? Yeah. And the transformation of Cambodia, which is not a conspiracy theory because I bring receipts, folks. So, yes, that is my book uh, with receipts, i.e. footnotes, so you can see where I yeah. got my information. That's why footnotes are helpful. Or if you like uh, uh, Howard Hunt's wife, you could read uh, Wives, Slaves, and Concubines. Um, there you <laughs> by, go. By, uh, by Eric Jones. That's a great one. History of the Female Dutch Underclass. and uh, A female underclass in Dutch Asia. Yeah. Um, I believe you use footnotes as well. I use footnotes. Well and, done. And since uh, Mike's not here to promote it, uh, Hannah Radhunt, that book does need help. But what we do need help with is hu- humbling him a little bit. And you can do this by buying Matt's book because <laughs> Mike is constantly in the rankings showing how his book is in the lead, in, in uh, top in his On Amazon. Page, on Amazon. So uh, let's, let's pump, just jack those numbers up. Um, get your copies. Yeah, he's uh, not being nice. Matt will sign those at the at the uh, DeKalb Corn Fest um, uh, at the end of. <laughs> we should, I set, up, we my should set up a booth. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we'll take a financial dive on that booth. But uh, yeah, folks, um, at Napalm Podcast on Twitter. Um, hit that like button. Give us a five star review. Please leave a uh, written comment. Uh, positive only. We're, we're not. We don't respond well to negative <laughs> comments. Um, you know we're kind of need to be lifted up, not put down. So just give give us all the all the good. That's what we want to see. And uh, yeah, um, you know, check out check out our uh, Instagram, Twitter. I guess Twitter. Not Twitter. Um, we, we don't have Instagram. Um, Matt, post up on on the Twitter. There's a there's a there's a link if you want more about uh, Howard Hunt's um, history and, and intelligence in the um, in the uh, National uh, Security Archive, uh, George Washington, George Washington University. There's a there's a there's a good little article that um, goes into it. It goes on and on and on. Um, again, footnotes there. So, um, yeah, I'm going to put that up right now. Hit us up on Napalm Pod at, at Napalm Podcast. At Napalm Podcast, and uh, we will see you uh, shortly for the last installment of this mini. Um, until then, come see, come see. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Did you first play?
I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Good morning, Vietnam! You let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film.